Whispering right into my ear, the clarity is Mother. just phenomenal. Fuck. Oh, you really put the emphasis on that F. I liked it. It's when you know that shit is real. Just uh, dialing in some things. How's that? That might be even better now. I, uh, I don't know if I can really tell a difference, but it's still okay. excellent. It's just for the listener, then. Without <sighs> um, any further ado, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me about your updated relationship with film media. Oh, you want to start with that? Yeah. Well, do you sure, not? Let's start All right. With how, that. how about horoscopes? No, let's start with that. Let's, no, it's good. Let's start with that. You sure? I don't uh, want to. You know, you're in charge, man. I mean, we you do have say a lot I of topics point, also to get through. You would drive the horses, so I'm letting... Yeah. You drive... You dri- Well, you're pointing the horse, yes, and that's what was the agreement. So, well... Um, You've always I mean, loved I'm it. I'm back on my bullshit is it. the answer. Wait, it's back on your shit list? No, no, no. I'm back on my bullshit, which oh, I don't yeah, know if yeah. I even understand what that phrase means, to be honest, but... Uh, I shouldn't be using stuff I don't understand. It's powerful elemental forces. And I think I just, you understand it. It's like, you know, you used to be like, Ugh, I hate digital. I only use film. You're back right, on that's bullshit. my bullshit that I'm now back on. Right. Yes. Yeah. Although I've already like <laughs> gone back since to yesterday. You've dialed it back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to take me long. So, okay. So here's what I did. Okay. Right. I know you know some of this, but I'll start at the beginning here for the listener. You were in the bathtub, you know, yes. with some chemicals. There were chemicals exactly. involved. Exactly. <laughs> this is not bu- going where you think it's going, but. I bought some chemicals. Right. You're breathing in them the up. chemicals. I made other chemicals out of those chemicals because that's what you need to do. They yep. can't just send you the chemicals. They're too like caustic and volatile volatile and and deadly and yeah. damaging create mustard gas and shit exactly so they send you these packets of powder that you got to like mix in the certain proportions with water a certain way at a certain temperature and fucking stuff. heisenberg up in there yeah one of them is like it creates this endothermic reaction oh so like fun the bottle you're putting it in gets like super hot. It's hot on the inside. Yeah. So you have to just let it. Uh, yeah. You got to like let me. it sit for a certain amount of time and just like be hot. Wait for it to like burn itself out or whatever. And for the whole reaction to like get to the end. Not necessarily hot on the outside, but you know, 
hot on the inside. Well, you so can, well when it's hot on the inside, you can feel it on the outside. Right. It's you not. You can really warm natively, your hands up on this bottle. If, it's not natively hot on the outside, but the inside hotness transfers to the outside. Isn't like that the, true uh, of uh, most induct? Well, mammals. Yes. Isn't that true I'd of a lot so. of heat? Is there heat yes. that's hot on the outside but cold on the inside? Stars. There. Well, first of all, there is no cold. There's only rel- like heat, different levels of heat. Sure. Like a a star, the surface of the sun is hotter than the inside. <laughs> is that true? I think so. It could be. I have no idea. I never really I, contemplated that. But who cares? Sounds yeah, who good. Who the fuck cares? But it's like these induction cooking cookware that I have. Not just cookware, but like you know, there's a, a device that you place the special pots onto. The the device. It looks like a uh, you know. It looks like uh, what are those like warmers? Like a single. <laughs> Like burner that you'd have in a dorm room, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put a thing on, but it's not burners. It's a flat surface. Mm-hmm. It's got rings that are illustrated on it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. put the smaller pot in this ring, but it's flat. Okay. You plug it in. You press some buttons. Now, if you just sit it there, it's on. You know, you could touch it. Put your hand right on there. Nothing. It's like, okay, what the fuck? This isn't doing anything. As soon as you put a pot on there, the induction begins. And it goes from the device through the special plating. I forget what kind of metal it is mm-hmm. on the pot, the bottom of the pot, and oh. then warms whatever is in the pot. The device itself does not become warm. Eventually, it does become warm to s- slightly hot, but only because now the pot itself has become warm and it's warming the device. Warming. So you need a special pot for this? Yeah, it has to have a certain kind of bottom on it. Like right. I have okay. copper-bottomed jeans. I couldn't help it. What's the I point of that? Copper bottom. <laughs> I have copper-bottomed pots. You can't put those on there. It won't work. What's the point of the induction? Well, versus well, just using like a. So I guess it's I flameless. may not understand. It doesn't it, get fucking hot, like hot as fucking balls to like burn things. It only gets hot like indirectly. So it's not like. You know, it's going to catch fire or anything. Well, and the induction true. is such like a measured exact process that it's great for things like you can use it to sous vide. Oh, it also okay. has a thermometer that'll go gotcha. in there. You can use it to fry without having to constantly fuck with the temperature. It's like, I want this to stay at 330 degrees exactly all the time. And it's got a little thermometer that goes in there. And it will just manage that. It'll do more induction, less induction. To, you know, you mm-hmm. throw some shit in the frying oil then that's in your special pot. The temperature drops. It senses it and says, ooh, we need some more juice. So you're not constantly riding the gas or the electric burner or what have mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, that's the point of it. So I guess what I'm... So my ignorant question... Mm-hmm. This is a question. Plus, born it's portable. Of, don't forget. So, if you want to fry, I can just take uh, it outside. Okay. So gotcha. I'm not like, you know. Well, portable, and then you can just carry inside. it. But you still got to plug it into electricity, right? 
It's not like battery yes, powered. But I can't carry my oven and the range outside. Yes. <laughs> but you could carry an electric, a regular old electric hot plate. I guess in my mind, yes, it's my unsafe. Model, if a leaf falls on that, it catches on fire. It's right next to that. There's no okay. risk of you know things catching on fire. Well, that, okay. that's a minor aside, really. That's, I keep touting the safety aspects, but that's not really it. It's really it's portable, about the the. Uh, the convenience and the like efficiency right. of this heating method. So in my mind, the mental model I have developed based on what you said, which may this or may not in, be in correct. your mind where you go back and forth from being on to off your bullshit within the space of 24 hours. But OK, yes. go ahead. That you need this special pot like the pot is what gets hot. Like yes. if you just took the bottom of that pot and added it to this then you just have a regular hot plate yeah it's like the burner yeah. is built into the pot versus being on the plate true but so once the thing is on there it's kind of like a regular electric burner it's just the burner is built into the bottom of the pot yeah yeah but also like there's something and like i'm talking out of my ass a little bit but there's something about this induction where Again, it's not it's transferring the heat directly through whatever that metal is and into and you have to use this with like a full pot of water or oil. You can't just like I don't think you're going to be like sauteing things in there. Right. I don't think, but maybe you could. But it's transferring the heat directly through the metal right into whatever's in the pot, not like making the pot hot, super hot. Yeah, I get it. I think like there's there's one well, less. I think that's how it works. The the, the <laughs> contents know. of the pot is getting heated directly, as if you let's say you had a regular like say electric stove, right? With yeah. uh, like I the have rings. an electric stove, but it's one of the ones where it's just like a flat glass top. Like the rings are like underneath the. Yeah, I hate those. No offense, I hate those. I don't. I I find them difficult to manage. Easy to clean, but difficult to manage right. the heat. That may be true because they I feel stay hot for fucking ever. And yeah, they definitely stay hot very long and they tend to get too hot. Like everything right. that's always like less heat, less heat. You think you have less heat and it's like, no, that wasn't enough. Less heat. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's either on like zero percent, seven and a half percent. Or a thousand percent. Boom. Then it's a thousand percent. Fuck. And then you have to wait an hour for it to like go back down. <laughs> go back down to seven percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I've only used these at like vacation houses or whatever. So I don't have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. I'm probably using them wrong somehow. But the. But yeah, I hear you. But if you, let's say we're going to cook something, if it was possible to put your food just directly on that top of that stove. Yeah not have a pot in between as an intermediary that mm -hmm. opens up certain opportunities yeah i think sure and that's I what this so. inductive cooking method does yeah like when you're saying induction like you know how like like phones smartphones like now have like wireless charging you just put them down on the tabletop or the little platform and they just yeah, i got one like right charge. here yeah it's where i it's charge the, my phone it's right next to my mouse i just put I mean, it there that is called inductive charging so i'm imagining right. this is a similar thing like that hot be. pan you have is just like one of those chargers 
and it's somehow sending this electricity this current into this piece of metal you put on it and it's getting hot right so like the heat yes so there's no intermediary i guess is what you said and it's what i'm saying and i guess i yes there there are advantages to that i would imagine there is an intermediary it's just that the intermediary is as invisible as you can get it i guess Mm -hmm. because the bottom of the pot is still an intermediary between the heat and the food but it's as close as you can get to like applying flame (laughs) directly to your food without applying flame directly to your food Mm -hmm. maybe yeah endothermic maybe (laughs) maybe not i don't know endothermic but anyway well back to the endothermite endothermite that's it i uh anyway yes so i'm shooting good album name medium format six by nine medium format loading in the tank doing the film developing and it's fun and i've had some good uh results some good results technically uh the battle against dust is so fucking real really it's insane but it's manageable. But it is a war you have to wage. You can win the war, but you have to be ever vigilant. Like, is the issue entering and exiting the room? Um. Yeah, well, the big issue is just there's just dust everywhere. Like, And these negatives, you know, you end up blowing them up. So, like, there's right. microscopic dust right. that you can't even fucking see. And then when you... Uh, Big you know blob on make your a big you can actually see it well that was what was interesting because i was scanning some film and this film was 35 millimeter and uh you know i have this super bright like studio lights i turn on and i look at the film in the light like i have it right next to the scanner and i like you know blow the little dust off you know i i, I look like I, I just do a simple check like if there's like macroscopic dust i can see i'm like i want that off there so i use a gas I have a little one of those little squeezy air blowers. I have a gas, uh, you know, compressed air thing mm-hmm. that you have to be very careful with. And I have a, uh, yeah, if, I like, have like some this of that... static free cloth that supposedly is okay to touch your film to, Ooh, which I don't want to use, but every once no. in a while, because if there's some piece, but here's Shit. the thing, there's some, like, like there was this piece of film and there was this little, I could see this little, almost not visible speck on it. This and fucker. it's just like, well, I just can't get it off. Fuck it. Maybe because sometimes I'm like, I think there's a speck, but really it's like some little like dark point of the film or something like, yeah, because it's, it's a, a negative. So things that are content. dark are white. It's a point of light. Yes. It's actually a piece of content, but like, it, it's so extreme. Like I'm like, oh, like I, I, you know, I think it's a piece of dust, right? So there's this piece right. of dust that's not coming. I'm just like, well, fuck it. Maybe it's in the actual picture or it's like the you negative. You get out your Swiss army knife. You start scraping it. <laughs> right. It's just not coming off. So I, I, I just I just put it on the scanner. I'm like, well, let me just scan with this and just see what happens. And it's funny because it's this little speck, almost barely not visible. And then I scan mm-hmm. the fucking thing. Yeah. And again, it's like looking through a micro. Like I can see it, like the texture on it. And it's like long and it curls and it, it's like frayed on an like it's crazy you know what i mean it's, it's like, like here's this penis. giant fucking thing on this guy's forehead 
<laughs> on the negative, it's, it's it's you can barely fucking see it. You know what I mean? It's not a hair. A hair would be you're right. No, it's what a little, it? it's, it's an actual hair, but it's not in the picture. It's like a you know, it's some piece of shit from the air that like got on this negative. Oh my god! So it wasn't. A I part mean, no of matter the, what, it wasn't no matter content though. In my because I don't have a professional like room that's like you know positive pressure air where it's right, like you right, know one of these right. things you dress in little yeah you know like when you see people building the space telescope and shit you know like mm-hmm. i'm just doing this in my fucking home right so anything that i do do the film and then scan i then if i'm like okay i want this like you know most of the pictures are just like well that's an i don't fucking care about that figure but it's like okay this one i actually want to like print it i want it to, I, I like it you got to spend some time going in Photoshop or Lightroom and just like healing the dust. Wow. At least like the most visible dust. There's places where it's like, okay, I zoomed in 400% and I can see the dust. But like when I print this at like 13 inches by 19 inches, which is where I typically print, it's like, well, actually it's 12 by 18. The paper's 13 by 19, but the photo itself is 12 inches by 18 inches yeah you don't go all the way out to the edges right i do if you do a half inch margin you still have that uh two to three aspect ratio which is like the standard 35 millimeter aspect ratio which i kind of tend to enjoy using just because what i'm used to but anyway yeah so there's like always you got to look for the stuff that's matter or sometimes on like the monitor you think you got it and then you print and you're like oh i can see something here let me go back and like heal that and like reprint it i'm surprised that you can abide such a thing as (laughs) going into photoshop and healing things like that because it seems like you would think that's impure (laughs) no i'm not about purity in any way Okay. Despite what you well, may have heard about me. I, yeah, <laughs> doesn't um, surprise me. But, um, you know, because what's that, the one Rhine 2 or whatever? The river? That, that motherfucker. Rhine is a river, yes. That motherfucker went in there and was removing buildings and shit. Like, he didn't care. Wow. You know the photo I'm talking about. Right? It's the river, the banks are grass, these like horizontal layers. There's a, running path sort of in the foreground gray sky hmm. come on i can't nah, I'm you about, know this I'm drawn, photo drawing a blank what come on who, but who he's like it? he doesn't oh jesus see i don't know a rhine photo yes i'm gonna google it right oh, now God. we're getting into this business yeah rhine well, photo <laughs> rhine two photographed by yeah. Andreas Gursky, okay. Yeah, Gursky, fucking Gursky. I you don't see. Know, you so, know this photo, don't you? I actually, uh, embarrassed to say, I do not know this photo. You've never seen this photo? It's fucking crazy looking. Are you looking uh, at it? I am. It's a great fucking photo. Right, but like, he photoshopped out buildings in the background and shit, you know, and then <laughs> theoretically used like the clone stamp tool <laughs> and drew the clouds back in, you know, and like yeah. was removing stuff in the foreground and... It's like, well, is this an illustration or a photo? Well, what does well, it matter? I don't it think doesn't. it. Well, I think it only matters if it's considered like reportage, if it's photojournalism. You can't do that shit. I would agree. But this right. isn't photojournalism. It's just he's making a Fucking piece of art, art to put right. on a wall and sell. So, I mean, 
Before photography, people just fucking painted with a brush. It was all fake. So, like, what's the difference? You know, it's art. Look at this fucking photo, though. Uh, something about it. It's like initially, it's like okay, but it'll it'll stick with you. You'll yeah, think it about is. It, again it later. is really fucking nice. Like, I don't even know if it's nice, but like it's beautiful. It, it, it's so it's something. It's haunting. Almost. It is so successful in its simplicity. Yes, and its starkness. Mm-hmm. And also that river, just the way that river fucking looks is insane. Like, that's not how a river lo- looks. It looks like a canal almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what What the fuck? Anyway, he, yeah, he does yeah. did shit tons of touch up to this kind of thing. I'm just, you know, I'm, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I'm just surprised that you embrace that. It's like, no, man, this is the way I took the photo. I'm not going to cheat or something. No, I don't work that way. I definitely make edits. I I clone and I I, I heal things. Great. A lot. I support it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I think with scanning film, you, you have to heal. There's no other way. Like, there's just, it's impossible. Unless you're in, like, yeah, a very special facility. Right. And once you leave that facility, well, you're back to healing, you know? Right. I don't have a problem with it. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I figured you'd be some kind of purist about it or no, fuck it. Dust in life, man. Now, what I, you do have to be careful of, what I have to be careful of is when I, so I have a negative. So you've, ta- you've asked me a couple of times about prints and I haven't gotten into the weeds, but like, I'm not making chromogenic prints. I'm not making darkroom prints. Okay. I'm just developing the film okay. and scanning it. And then once it's scanned and digital, I'm then going on with digital workflow from that point on. Okay. Gotcha. And then at the end, it does print using a, uh, yeah. you know, printer, a photo at printer. At some point, you got to fucking print it, but you're so, not doing it. Yeah. You know, right. It starts as a piece of material, a film. It ends as a piece of material, a print, but there is that digital intermediary step. Right. Right. You're not going directly... You know, just developing right. it in the little bin and oop, there's my print. Yeah. Yeah. And with color, I don't even fucking know how to do that. Right. Jesus. I don't know if that's even possible. I mean. Good point. I've always heard. So growing Somebody up. does it. I've always heard that it's impossible to do film like on your own. It has to be done like in a lab with like special machines. You can't just like with black and white, which is what I was used to doing in the dark room, you know, get some chemicals, some paper, do some stuff. It's kind of straightforward. Um, and I think maybe what people meant was, and I should probably fucking know this, but you know, they're referring to printing color photography color. in like the pre-computer yeah. age, not necessarily yeah. developing the film, Although that is another technological thing. So you mentioned sous vide before. Yeah. Is that a relatively new thing like that, like electric sous vide cooker? Yes, I'd say so. It feels like it's a new invention to me. Well, it's not. It's new for like the home chef for sure. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Like restaurants can do a technological breakthrough with that or something. Because those devices let you develop color film at home. It That's would be kind of difficult because the temperature of your chemicals are so important. Right, right. So I have one of those things. I have a giant Tupperware, fill it with water, put that thing in, get the water to 104 degrees. Beautiful. The chemicals need to be 102 degrees. 
but I go to 104 because I take the chemicals out and then fuck with them for like, they say make it two degrees hotter if you're not going to have a controlled bath the entire time. But you are anyway. having a controlled bath the entire time, aren't you? Well, the so these jugs of, so I put the sous vide thing in the water, then I put the jugs of chemicals in the water, liquid uh-huh. chemicals. Get them to 102. Get them to the temperature I need. Then I take the jugs of chemicals out of the water because I need to use Uh the jugs. I pour it into the developing tank that also has the film. Do all the agitations and blah, blah, blah stuff you got to do inversions. Take it out. You know, and, you know, you need to like, for example, if it's like the Blix stage, you need to go like eight and a half minutes. Mm. So the idea is it would cool down over that time, I guess. Right. I don't know. I'm just following the fucking instructions. But anyway, bottom line is it works pretty well i was i'm pretty it's it's How no would you be d- hard other than the chemical that if you have to control the chemical it's no di- really that different than doing black and white how would you be doing this without that sous vide stick in there you'd just be like bo- run boiling water you- with a temper with a thermometer with and a, try to get the right temperature right. and monitor but it. it wouldn't it wouldn't maintain that temperature I guess add more hot water when it starts going down. Be quick. Well, the, I You'd think be that's why some out and- <laughs> they generally did not do color developing at home. Right. Like you were only in a lab with equipment that did this. You know what I mean? Specialized yeah, equipment. Like you said, like the, the, the professional chef might have had a sous vide set up. Similar thing. Oh, for sure. The professional dark room would have some kind of a setup to control the temperature. But yeah, at home, think that was it, out man. of reach. You order like a uh, big, thick, like four inch thick piece of like prime rib or something at a restaurant and it's perfectly medium rare edge to edge and they set it on your table within like 15 minutes and it's perfect every time. How the fuck were they doing that? You know? Right. Well, they were doing that by fucking sous vide that shit till it's perfectly medium rare and then when you order it. They take that perfectly medium rare piece of meat, they throw it on their like 1000 degree grill for a minute aside because you also can't get shit to go that hot in your own kitchen. Right. And then it's ready to go. And it's like, holy shit, how'd they do that? It's because they were able to maintain that beef. You could have it in there for, you know, all day, just ready to go. Yeah. Fire it on the grill just to sear it on the outside and then flop it onto your plate there you go it's like how do they do it well that's how they just didn't want anybody to know about it we know now mother technology has now so it's kind of interesting so now you can do your sous vide at home and we can cook uh (laughs) cook some prints some 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 color film at home as well color film man crazy yeah i've never done color film uh myself i've only ever sent color film off to a lab this is my first time doing it i was a little apprehensive but uh i do like it yeah you can shoot some some big ass medium some medium format (laughs) you refuse to share anything you're being very coy about it all i am being coy well none of the film directed at home photos i think yeah i don't know you're still being coy. Listen to you. Well, well, pretty much at this point, I'm still in the fucking around with the chemistry phase, just trying to get the thing down, which I think I've done. 
after doing th- I've I've done three rolls of film. And a wow. roll of film only holds eight photos. <laughs> okay. So I've done twenty four photos, which I have Be scared at home to share your scanned. failures? You don't want you don't want to share your failures? I just I don't know. No. I don't think they're failures either. They're just what they what are, but the fuck is your problem? I don't know. I just don't think there's anything that interesting, but oh, yet. God. But now, see, this is where things get more fucked up because now I'm like, well, I need a, I need a different camera. Because <laughs> okay. if I'm going to start shooting this medium format all the time, like my camera that I currently use, well, the one I used to use broke on me. So now I have another one, but it's it, 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 it's a fixed lens and it's very wide. So it's good for certain things, but it's not good for everything. I can only get one me. I can only focus up to one meter away. Like I can't get closer than a meter to my subject, and it's a wide shot. So it's not perfect, and focusing it is very fucking hard. All right. It's a rangefinder focusing system. This is a Fuji six by nine, the GS, the wide version of the Fuji six by nine Mark II that I'm using. Just if anyone out there fucking cares, but <laughs> it uses a rangefinder focusing system, which I don't know if you've ever used. I don't think so. But in essence, you look through, like you don't look through the lens. You're just looking through, like like kind of the side of a camera, right? Like there's like a lens that takes the photo, but then there's this other like kind of window on the side you look through. So you're not looking Mm -hmm. directly through the lens. I get it. I I got a camera that operates that way. But it has a little circle when you look through there in the center, this little slightly illuminated circle. And as you turn the lens, like what's in that circle moves away. Okay. Like you need that circle to like when that circle like perfectly matches up with what you're looking at. I know that's hard. It's hard to really describe. No, I, I have one that works that same way. Okay, there you I go. I've yes. used that before, so okay. I didn't. Yeah, I forgot it was called rangefinder, but yeah, yeah. Because it just find like I mean like you can use rangefinders and other things. Like I have just a separate rangefinder somewhere like you can just use it to like look through and just determine the distance to something right right like if you're dropping mortars on the enemy you're probably using right. a range finder it's like tick 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 you know yes exactly the angle so that's, thing goes up a little bit yes so this lets you know yeah if you're in focus right in essence it says <laughs> mm-hmm. oh you are exactly 1.375 meters from your subject right like it knows that like as you turn the ring anyway yeah yep I find it. Very, I don't know that that's difficult. It's different, but it's kind well, of like here's really what satisfying when you get it right in focus because yes. you can tell. It's like, oh shit, yeah, that's I don't, nailed it. I'm not saying that all range finders are difficult, but this one is because the okay. light is the the little window is the little circle is so fucking small and it, dim is dim if you're not looking through the rangefinder like perfectly at the right yeah, angle like it's yeah. impossible like it's just a very hard to use and lots of people have complained gotcha. about this too like what's the fuck with this rangefinder like it's right, so fucking right. hard and okay. so i'm constantly like missing focus Ugh. i wouldn't say constantly but it definitely happens 
So that's an annoying thing too. And I'm more comfortable with the like through the lens. This could be my opportunity to just finally uh, break down, stop shitting around and just get like a beautiful uh, Hasselblad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, featured prominently in the novel, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah. I have not read that, although I did see both versions of the movie and enjoyed both versions. Yeah, me too. I don't remember the Hasselblad being a major plot point or anything. Yeah, I don't either. But yeah, in the novel, it is. I mean, kind of fun just to read it for that. Yeah. I know you don't read, but whatever. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. Yeah. Anyway, so I got all this. Well, yeah. I don't know. So even though I went through, I, I'm happy I did all this. So it's not in the back of my mind anymore. You know, I could be developing film at home. But I don't know if I, how much I'm going to keep doing this. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking work. And I don't know if the in the end of the day. So part of this is I'm doing this two-month critique workshop right now on my photography. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. wanted to do film for it, but like it's the, it's too fast paced. Like I can't be shooting film and sending it out. Like if there was a local lab here, I could drive and like pick it up in a day or two. Like that'd be different. But like, I have to send this shit out through the mail, then wait for it to get processed, get the results. Like it's just too slow. Hmm. You know, like if I shoot some stuff, it's going to be like a whole week until I can see it. And that's too, that's not long enough. That's too long. I mean, Uh, for what I'm doing now. So that's why I was like, but I really want to do film for this. So that's why I tried this. I should have got started earlier, but I didn't. But uh, (laughs) I'm still like, yeah, this is too much. Like this class is too fast paced for me to be fucking with this right now. Let's Um, fire up the laptop and see when the deadline is yesterday. Exactly. So I'm kind (laughs) of like, well, I'm doing digital again. Uh, right now, although I have some medium format. Plus, I think I just think I'm going to have to like put my exploration with film on hold a little bit um, until after this, maybe because it's too much to do at once. Like I'm working on too many aspects all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to eliminate because the class isn't like you must use film, right? No, That's definitely not a part not. of it. This is just. This is photography. How, yeah. Can you use your iPhone for it? If you, you can totally to? use your iPhone. One right. person so is. Like, so yeah, you're adding hurdles here that, that are 100%, unnecessary. Yeah, that's 100% true. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I was, uh, since part of this also, I bought a film scanner, which I have not had before, which I've always wanted to have for various reasons. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like scanning some old, Mm-mm-mm. uh you know black and white film and stuff i've done in the past and it does look fucking amazing i'm kind of like you know what what am i doing like just go back to my roots 35 millimeter black and white there is something so magical about it yeah i'm cursed with too many options you know that classic is curse. fucking true right there but i, w- I want to do it all like i love the like you know large format color sumptuous look the like you know seduction of the 
35 mil grainy black and white photo. Like it's just so many, so much great stuff. I just want to do it all. I just want to have it all. Yeah. But as we all know, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. And I'm trying to make peace with that. It's an imperfect comparison, but the excuse for not making movies used to be we didn't have the right gear. Mm -hmm. And I spent years and years acquiring everything (laughs) I needed Mm -hmm. from the grip to the lighting, all of the sound shit, all of it. I could do it right now. And those excuses are gone. The access is no longer an issue. And uh, I make fewer movies now than I did before I had all the shit. Mm -hmm. No more excuses. And it's like, shit, I loved those excuses. They were fucking great. Can't make the movie. Don't have the right. uh, I don't have a, a butterfly for outdoor shooting. Well, how can I possibly make a movie? I can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't have money to develop the film. Can't make a movie. They're gone. All those excuses gone. They were so comforting. Yeah. Well, it's really easy. I think, you know, it's easier to just think about the tools and the gear and learning them or changing them than it is to actually think about the actual ideas of what it is you want to express or make. Yes. Yes. So, like, it's very easy to fall into that, like, well, I feel like I'm not being creative enough. I'm not creating any output. So, what do I got to do? So, it's really easy to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to go Google different equipment and decide what I'm going to buy and research that. And it's fun. And you're like, oh, yes, I'm going to be making this art, whatever it is, right? And you're, like, looking. You know, you're a painter. It's like, if only I had this uh, camel hair brush. Yep. You know, to make it so I'd be able to do what I want to be. You know, no, that's not it. Take a fucking big pen and start drawing. Right. And make the best shit you can with that. And then be like, okay, now I need to like upgrade to a, a something else. Right. And until that point, just keep making shit with the big pen. Until the yes. big pen actually becomes a limitation, like an active limitation, keep using mm-hmm. the fucking big pen and output shit. It's like, oh, I need to have a shot of space with the earth in the background. Well, fuck, I'm going to need this other plug-in now. And I'm going to need to, oh, get this other, like, package of, like, filmy lens flares and shit to mimic, like, I can't do it until Mm -hmm. I have all this shit. No, (laughs) yes, you can. You need to buy a drone that's capable of suborbital flight (laughs) to get this shot. So I can't make a movie until I have that. (laughs) Right here. Okay. Here it is. Go. Well, um, (laughs) yeah, I've been working on this movie for 10 years, Brad. It's finally happening though. For real. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Yes. It's happening. I've made progress. Actual tangible progress. That's beautiful. I'm so happy to hear it. I'm going to say, what's today? Well, who kidding? I'm not going to say, but I'm going to say I'm going to finish this by what this is. I'll do it this way. This is episode 254, right? I'm going to. Is it? Yes. Is this a what? What episode is this? (laughs) What episode? I'm going to have this movie finished by the time we record episode 
259. Oh, really? That soon? Yes. How does no, that granted, sound? Granted, we, ha- we aren't known. I mean, this could be one of these like self-fulfilling prophecies. Like, yeah, we need to I'm take six months off from recording so I can finish the movie. Don't have time. To rec- and then it like right. kind of builds on itself. But Right. But, you know. I'm going to try not to be intentional about <laughs> sabotaging it like that. Right. Um, if it happens, it happens. But no. Well, that's in very theory, exciting. We record once every week or two. And like by the time we're pressing go on episode 259, I'll, I'll have this to show you. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything Gotta, else you'd like to share about the film? Um, I feel like I know nothing about this. Is that correct? I don't know. I mean, we, I shot this, I shot it over a day or two just around my house. Oh, so you already shot the film 10 years ago. It's all 10 years ago. Gotcha. Okay. Fucking 10 years ago. And I'm not exaggerating Mm -hmm. 10 years ago in a, in like a couple of months, it'll be 10 years. Okay. But yeah, it stars my mommy. You might know her. Her name's Gigi. Okay. And my daughter, you might know her. Her name is Jules. Yeah, a much younger Jules. A um, much younger Jules, yes. Um, yeah, borderline unrecognizable due to her smallness. And it's kind of a, uh, maybe a little kind of a campy, campy sci-fi horror. Awesome. None of this, does this, any of this ring a bell to nope. you? Nope. Cool, then great. You're going in relatively you know pure here yeah i can't wait to to see it completely unspoiled man like jackie treehorn's pad so yeah episode 259 i'm gonna have this i'm i'm marking it dude okay well now that i realize you already shot it that seems much more doable yeah oh yeah yeah the shooting was really nothing i thought you were still in like the storyboard phase or something no jesus no all right. That's the hardest part, really. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's the ideas. It's like, oh, make us a graphics package for this show. And you open up After Effects, and then there's the blank screen. And it's like, oh, we need to have, like, an open for this show. Uh, you know, but whereas if somebody's like, okay, we want an open, we want it to have a bunch of little icons of like we'll say for instance the history of flight you know so let's have like a sequence of airplanes from the wright brothers um up through the x1 up to current Mm -hmm. day with all this high-tech shit oh okay and just show it as like sort of a timeline it goes from black and white to color and then you know beautiful photography modern type photography of planes got it i can do that but when you're just sitting there and you have to come up with the idea and execute the idea it's like orders of magnitude more difficult yeah no for sure and like you don't have any assets you know Mm -hmm. whereas if you're supplied with the footage and the photos of old historic air it's like okay i got something i got something to go on here and then that's much much easier so at least that stage of it is over and done with and i'm just i'm in full-on post and i'm like not quite picture locked but picture locked enough that i even have somebody scoring it for me nice yeah so brilliant it's good and not that this is any great thing but it's been (laughs) eating at me for a decade Mm -hmm. 
Next thing you know, I'll go back and finish Benny. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'll say, like I said, I'm scanning this, this old black and white film. Like, I'm looking at a lot of... I didn't realize how much I shot in college. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of film here, and, I, and a lot of it I've never even looked at. Like, That's I crazy, developed man. it. Because back yeah. then it wasn't like, you know, oh, put the memory card in. Let's just look at these, like, 200 photos you took. It's like, oh, I developed the film. Now, if I actually, sure, I can make a contact sheet. Right. But then it's just these little thumbnail. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a way to be like, hey, I want to look at like, I just want to look at them. It was like, well, right. every photo you want to look at other than just a little miniature thumbnail, uh, you got to like fucking spend money go through the darkroom <laughs> process to do it. Take like, you know five six seven minutes to make to see one of these photos my god um, you know um yeah and i yes there's other i know there's other things like a light table with a little loop that's like a magnifying glass to try to look at them and stuff although i never had that no for some reason i don't know why just well it's a lot but uh, yeah but i um so some of this stuff i've never even looked at um, and it's pretty interesting. It's not, I should take that back. It's not interesting, but I feel like now I could recontextualize some of this stuff and edit it a certain way and even take some of these photos, which aren't that good, but a, with a certain kind of crop and a new, like, you know, perspective of time. I, I just mm -hmm. feel like there's some interesting stuff there. So I'm, I'm in a similar boat where I feel like one day, not anytime super soon, cause I'm kind of focused on other stuff right now, but you know, making a, a project out of this old stuff. Um, and again, I'd love, and again, it's hard to remove it from my own interest in it, my own sense of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I'm going through like a heavy nostalgia phase. I don't <laughs> think I realized it. Okay. So I talked before about how I watched all of Star Trek Voyager. I did not watch that when it originally aired. I watched it now. I'm watching this 90s television show. But I was just fucking loving it. I was loving the old school, the way they told stories back then. You know what I right. mean? It's yeah, like one man. episode. Next week, there'll be another episode that's a completely different episode. Right. And the corny, like, it was just like, I was just into it. It just felt like a warm blanket. And I guess because yep. that's like, you know, when I grew up in the 90s, I was like, you know, right. I'm really enjoying this. It's like those excuses. They feel mm -hmm. good. Like a warm blanket. Yeah. And and now I'm at the same time I'm looking at all this old stuff uh, from college, which was the '90s. Um, I just on a whim the other day, well, on a whim because uh, I just wanted to see what it looked like in 4K HDR. Yeah, Seinfeld. Oh yes, because Netflix now has Seinfeld shit. in 4K HDR, and I was like, and it's, that's a whim. I was just like, I just want to see what this looks like. But I ended up watching insane. a whole episode. It's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Like, and I've just been watching Seinfeld now. Like, it's just like, yeah. they just go down yeah. so easy. I'm oh, laughing easy. my fucking ass off. Like it's 1991 <laughs> again. Easily. Yes. Like, yes. and I'm loving it. I'm loving this Seinfeld. So I am having some weird retreat into my youth phase right now <laughs> between looking at these photos and, and just loving Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, Christine. that's one of our go-tos, man. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Christine, my wife, you may know her. Yeah. She uh, she doesn't appreciate the Seinfeld. She doesn't? I'm trying to get I'm like, watch this. She's like, I don't get why it's funny. 
Um, and you know what? Not- I can see why it's not funny. Because watching it now, I'm like, yeah, I really enjoy this. But I see a lot of the things they say are not funny. They're just kind of like, I think for the time, just kind of a very odd thing to hear someone on television say. And that's what was the thrall of it. Master of the house. <laughs> Elaine's dad, master of the house. <laughs> I don't know that I know that. Elaine's had, dad. Yeah, they had to, Jerry and George were meeting him and they're waiting in the restaurant in the waiting room and he's all gruff. He doesn't talk. Elaine's late, you know, and it's like finally she gets there and they got to go to some other place and it's raining outside jerry has the suede jacket he can't go outside oh. so I'll just turn it inside out but it's suede like suede jacket sounds familiar but inside it's like pinstriped like white and red pinstripes <laughs> and then you know her dad is like well you do, you not wearing that <laughs> like that or something oh he ruins his suede jacket and he has to give it whatever but george is like singing this master of the house it's like a show tune or something okay and her dad's getting all pissed at him but then you know at the end like they show a cutaway of him in the car and he's just singing master of the house (laughs) again maybe it's not funny but i think it's fucking hilarious yeah no that is funny that's very much seinfeld humor that i love um now she didn't watch it back in the day i guess no she didn't so so she's got no nostalgia for it maybe yeah. that's the problem i think that's part of the problem um but jules didn't watch it back in the day and she fucking eats it up yeah but she watched it when she was young enough to maybe somehow form those connections in her brain her mind was still plastic enough to to take it in i don't know yeah maybe maybe so but uh, yeah, I didn't, that episode could have been, cause I think the last couple seasons of Seinfeld, I did not watch or I watched very intermittently. Cause again, I was in college at that time, you know, mm-hmm. it just wasn't yeah. the priority to be like watching appointment television yeah. on Thursday nights. You know, I haven't seen all of these. I think there's still some I haven't seen, which is great. Well, I started watching in season three, just watching now. I kind of skipped season one and two because I know, well, I know season one is very weird. It's like a six episode. It was like a mid and like they did, it was like almost a different format. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they did it was very, this. it came out in the summer. I watched it when it came out and I was telling everybody by everybody. I mean, my dad and my stepmom, <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta watch this. This is hilarious. I don't think they were too into it at the time. Eventually yeah. they got into it, but it promotes recreational sex. It's no good. <laughs> no, it's no good. Um, Here, look, the 10 seconds. Here it is. Elaine's dad song. <laughs> the jacket. Yeah. Les Miserables. I, I, Le, Le, Les Miserables. Okay. It's from okay. Les Miserables. It's only yeah. 10 seconds. Just give it a peek. I'll give it a peek. Maybe it'll jar a memory. Because some of these episodes, it's weird. Like, I remember some of it so clearly and other parts I don't remember yeah and it's weird it's like because all those plots are so interconnected it's like how can i remember one part and not the other right you know not the main like inciting element that sets off the four characters in this story that keeps it together but like i remember everyone's individual story but not that it was all interconnected based on this one thing like it's kind of weird how memory works 
It well, is. last night I was watching it, and for some reason, I don't know how, but like I remembered, um, like for about like two or three lines. And I never would have guessed. I ne- did not realize I knew this in here. I wasn't even sure like what happens in this episode. But all of a sudden, this little banter back and forth between Jerry and Kramer. I just, I, I was like saying it. It was like a brain explosion. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, like, I, I knew I was saying their lines like right before they said, like, I knew about like for about 10 seconds. I was like, I knew it word for word somewhere in wow. my brain. It's so weird the way memory can do shit. And that would have just been rattling around in there and it never would have come to the surface, mm-hmm. never would have bubbled up. Yep. That's Crazy. why it's still rattling around in there. It hasn't been corrupted by like ever being accessed again somehow. <laughs> right. Right. It hasn't, it's not a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. There's some, I, speaking of like things that may not have ever bubbled up to the surface again. When Joss Whedon and I were in eighth grade, there was, you know, the yearly talent show, the variety show, whatever. And you could, uh, you know, you want to do something? You want to perform? You want to play the piano? What do you want to do? The cheerleader's going to do like a little cheer or whatever. Joss Whedon and I were like, you know what? Let's do a uh, Laurel Abbott and Costello routine. Okay. Right? Let's do Mm -hmm. who's on first. That'll be great. And we did. It was fine. You know, we pulled it off. It was all right. People laughed. It's it's a good time. We didn't really understand much of the baseball terminology, but we we got the humor more or less. But I remember in the process of memorizing that skit, there was, I had a whole tape of Abbott and Costello Hardy routines. And one of them, <clears throat> I can't remember. I really don't remember what the actual skit was was but they usually landed on some sort of like epic like one-liner that kind of like ties the whole thing up you know it's Mm -hmm. like at the end of who's on first it's like i don't give a darn oh that's our shortstop big laugh line yep applause the big laugh line for whatever this other fucking skit was and i wish i could remember what it was but uh at the end, it's like <clears throat> one of them's like, and that's that's an OPA. What? 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 What's that now? OPA, only a puny acorn. Everybody loses their shit. It's hilarious. Okay. And I'm all like, you know, like what the fuck? And how was I supposed to find out what the? drove me crazy because i didn't fucking understand it and i'm like there's something here and i just was reading about um scarcity especially during world war ii and it was like about inflation and how inflation was so rampant and -hmm. the government had to come in and fdr was like and even into truman they were like all right, we got to put these like controls in place because this shit's out of hand. So they had like rations and you had a a book of like stamps, you know, and you could trade one stamp for like, oh, it's 16 points for a can of peas or something or like meat in particular was like super hard to come by. So they were sending most of it overseas to the troops, you know? So like then skimpflation 
was born where it's like now the <clears throat> like the butchers had to figure out ways to still make a profit and maximize profits so they'd start putting like fillers into the meat right. or like selling a shitty cut of meat as the higher cut of meat or like adding way more fat into the ground beef things like that yeah but anyway these stamps that you would trade in you know so everybody wasn't like whatever it was just to control things but it was called opa and so they were making a mm. joke like oh the opa means all you get is like a puny acorn only a puny acorn opa so it was a jab at rationing makes sense <laughs> still seems like a bit of a reach for a joke though well i mean uh, when you're dealing with this day to day for years on end yeah like stamps and rations like people were losing their minds over this yeah. like furious so yeah. it was it was ingrained sure well i guess what i meant was not that it's not a good idea for a joke or people wouldn't appreciate it but if it, the joke is let's take opa and say it stands for something that's expressing our frustrations with all of this yeah <clears throat> you think they could have done better i think only a puny acorn isn't that funny but again at the time it pro i know it killed I mean, who am it I killed. to critique sure. Laurel and Abbott and Costello? <laughs> yeah, who are you? Come on. Maybe there was something else to the acorn part of it, but... Only a puckered it, asshole. <laughs> Abbott and Costello. Not going blue. Yeah, no. But uh, just even finally understanding the OPA part was so... Like yeah, it's great cathartic. when that stuff comes around. Because this has been quite some time now, 30-something years, and I'm just reading this fucking whatever Atlantic art of Vox article or whatever the fuck it is, and it's like, there it is, of all the places, of all the gin joints, mm -hmm. and now I can finally, you know, cross that one off the list. I can close the book on that one. Felt good. We got a whole laundry list of other topics here, but... Um. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll have to save that for next time. We're running a little long. Yeah, we we gotta. We'll talk about you know if we want to tease it up, we can talk about horoscopes next time. Yeah, sounds good. Horoscopes and a lot of other <clears throat> great topics. Yep. All right. Well, All fun. Right. Good at bad. <laughs> great at <ep> bra. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm.